98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. A local activist says he cannot understand why he's been prosecuted for holding a protest at Japan's Yasukuni Shrine. A former CIA officer is facing life in prison after pleading guilty to spying for China. And the British Defence Secretary, Gavin Williamson, has been sacked over a sensitive leak concerning Huawei. Local activist detained in Tokyo, Alex Quagg, says he cannot understand why he's been prosecuted after he held a protest at Japan's Yasukuni Shrine last December. He was detained along with another member of the Action Committee for Defending the Daiyu Islands. Here's Tim and Pang. Detained activist Alex Kwok admitted his protest at the war shrine was reckless, but says he doesn't understand why he is being prosecuted, as it was a peaceful demonstration. Speaking to RTHK in Tokyo, Mr Kwok says he feels sorry for his relatives, including his elderly mother and his two children. He was arrested for trespassing along with fellow activist Yim Manwa. They had set fire to a tablet-like prop outside the shrine, which commemorates Japan's war dead, including convicted war criminals. They were also demanding Japan take responsibility for the 1937 Nanjing Massacre. Mr Kwok criticised the Hong Kong government for not helping him. But in response, the immigration department said its officials had accompanied the two activists' families to Japan and staff from the Chinese embassy in Tokyo visited the pair often. A former CIA officer is facing life in prison after pleading guilty to spying for China. Mike Weeks has details. The U.S. Justice Department says Jerry Lee was arrested in January last year, suspected of giving information on a CIA network of informants that was brought down by China between 2010 and 2012. The 54-year-old pleaded guilty before a Virginia district court. Mr. Lee left the CIA in 2007 and moved to Hong Kong. According to the Justice Department, the former case officer was approached by two Chinese intelligence officers in April 2010. They offered to pay him 100,000 US dollars for information and to take care of him for life. Mr Lee will be sentenced on August the 23rd. British Defence Secretary Gavin Williamson has been sacked over information leaked from a National Security Council meeting. The NSC had discussed whether to allow the Chinese company Huawei to take part in developing Britain's 5G mobile network. Mr Williamson has denied any involvement in the leak. Here's our UK correspondent Peter Anderson. We already have opposition parties who are circling and saying we need to have a police investigation. This has to be looked into thoroughly. If the Official Secrets Act has been breached, this has to be a police matter. But the indication so far from Theresa May, our Prime Minister, is that she wants this matter to finish here. She does not want the police to get involved. She does not want this dragging on. And indeed, in the past couple of hours, the police have said that they do not see it as something that they should get involved in. U.S. Attorney General William Barr has decided not to testify before the Judiciary Committee of the House of Representatives tonight. Mr. Barr had been scheduled to appear to answer questions about his handling of the report by Robert Mueller on Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. The chairman of the committee, Gerald Nadler, a Democrat, accused Mr. Barr of trying to blackmail the committee into changing the way the hearing would be conducted. We're not to appear during this hearing. The committee has the right to determine its own procedures. The Attorney General has a nerve to try to dictate, and the administration has a nerve to dictate our procedures. It's simply part of the administration's uh, complete stonewalling of Congress, period. 
Tenants who live in illegal subdivided flats say their living conditions are often made worse during the wet weather because of poor drainage. And in a survey conducted by the Hong Kong Subdivided Flats Concern Platform, most respondents said they should, there should be proper drainage and hygiene facilities at home. The convener of the platform is liking Quok. I think that they have a leaking water from the top and also the floor and also a concrete breaking down from the ceiling. I think this is most of the case. Uh, if we have a typhoon coming, then there's some water is coming out from these windows. We have some cases, even the typhoon, they have the water coming from the top. RTHK understands that some of Hong Kong's 14 uniform groups have refused to change their marching style from British to Chinese for a ceremony on Saturday. The event is in part to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the establishment of the People's Republic of China. It's organised by the Pro-Beijing Committee of Youth Activities in Hong Kong. It's understood that organisers told the uniform groups to march in Chinese style, but some of them said they're not familiar with it, so they refused. The mayor of Minneapolis says his heart goes out to both the families of an Australian woman and the former police officer convicted of fatally shooting her. Justin, Justine Damond, Damond Ruchek was shot and killed in July 2016 by Mohamed Noor as she approached his squad car minutes after reporting a possible rape near her home. Noor has been convicted of third-degree murder and manslaughter in her death. Mayor Jacob Frey paid tribute to the victim. Justine Damon was a healer who lived her values. She was a daughter, a fiance, a stepmom, and a neighbor. Across the board, her presence quite simply made people happy. Britain's Parliament has declared a symbolic climate change emergency, backing a call by opposition Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn. It's a nod to an increasingly vocal activist movement that staged school strikes and civil disobedience campaigns to demand action. Eleven days of protests by the Extinction Rebellion activist group caused major disruption to central London in recent weeks. Mr Corbyn says it's time to heed the calls for action. We have no time to waste. We are living in a climate crisis that will spiral dangerously out of control unless we take rapid and dramatic action now. A woman has been shot dead and dozens of people have been injured during another day of mass protests in Venezuela. The opposition leader, Juan Guaido, accused the authorities of brutal repression and said the killers would have to pay for their crimes. The BBC's Nick Bryant reports. Juan Guaido has called for rolling strikes, culminating later this month in a nationwide shutdown. But so far, he's been unable to bring about significant defections within the armed forces and thus has failed to engineer a decisive breakthrough. So this Venezuelan standoff looks set to continue, albeit with a mounting sense on the streets of Caracas that Juan Guaido, for now at least, might have blown his chance. Earlier, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, told his U.S. counterpart that America's Venezuela policy was destructive and a violation of international law. This came after the U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, repeated that Washington was prepared to take military action to quell the crisis in Venezuela. But when questioned at a hearing of the Armed Services Committee, Catherine Wheelbarger, the, assisting, the acting Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Affairs, denied that any military preparations were being made to intervene in Venezuela. Have any of you in any way, shape or form been given instruction by your leadership to prepare for any type of military conflict? Just want to make sure that we're, we're clear on that. So pre-positioning troops or any kind of forces, we run down the line? 
Um, we, of course, always review available options and plan for contingencies, but in this case, we have not been given the sort of orders that you're discussing now. United Nations says around 140,000 people in northwestern Syria have been displaced by fighting in the past three months. Syrian activists say the past two days have seen the most intense escalation of government attacks on rebel-held areas of the region. Here's the BBC Sebastian Usher. Syrian government helicopter gunships have been dropping barrel bombs on towns in the provinces of Idlib and Hama, where rebel fighters still hold out. Artillery fire and Russian airstrikes add to the bombardment. Hundreds of local residents have been fleeing, packing their possessions into cars and pickup trucks as they seek temporary refuge. The UN says that more than 200 civilians have been killed since February. A jihadist group, Hayat Tahrir al-Sham, controls most of the region, home to some three million people. Analysis of a jawbone found in Tibet indicates an ancient species of humans called Denisovans lived at high altitudes. Previously, the ability to survive in such extremes had been thought to be a trait of Homo sapiens. But a study published in the journal Nature says our ancient ancestor seems to have passed on a gene. Denisovans split from a shared lineage with Neanderthals about 400,000 years ago. Here's the BBC's James Reid. The jawbone was originally found in 1980 in a high Himalayan cave. By extracting protein from the teeth, scientists have established that it belonged to a Denisovan. Their fossils have previously only been found at one site in Siberia. The jawbone is thought to be 160,000 years old. That's long before our species reached the Tibetan Plateau. The researchers say the Denisovans may have passed on a gene that helps some modern humans use oxygen more efficiently, allowing them to cope in the thin air found at high altitude. A small ink sketch of a bearded man has been identified as one of only two known portraits of the Renaissance artist Leonardo da Vinci. It's thought to have been made by one of his assistants not long before he died, exactly 500 years ago today. Here's the BBC's Vincent Dowd. It's generally been thought that the sole portrait by someone else of Leonardo is the image of him as a bearded old man made by his pupil Francesco Melzi. Now a small image in ink on paper has been reassessed at the Royal Art Collection at Windsor. The head of prints and drawings there, Martin Clayton, says similarities with the Melzi portrait have persuaded him they're both of Leonardo da Vinci. If the reassessment is correct, we've been given new insight into one of the world's great geniuses. India has claimed a major diplomatic victory after the United Nations Security Council declared the Pakistani founder of the Jaish-e-Mohammed Islamist group a global terrorist. Masood Azhar's whereabouts are unclear. From Islamabad is the BBC's Fahad Javed. Pakistan's Foreign Office has confirmed that it will immediately enforce the sanctions imposed on the jaish e Mohammed leader. This includes a ban on his foreign travel, an asset freeze and an arms embargo. His listing as a terrorist has been hailed by India as a diplomatic victory. But Pakistan says the listing was only agreed after the removal of certain references, which it says maligned Pakistan, including a clause that linked Islamabad to a deadly attack on Indian soldiers in Kashmir in February, an assault for which Jaisha Muhammad claimed responsibility. Finance in a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,906. That's 207 points up on the previous close. Currencies, US dollar is trading at 111.53 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 24 cents. Sport now, and here's Asim Chung. 
We start with football and the emphatic result for Barcelona over Liverpool in their Champions League semi-final first leg. Free kick. Messi to take this free kick. Curls it round the wall. That milestone effort from Lino Messi gave Barcelona a 3-0 lead and that was how the first leg finished at the new Camp. Messi scored twice in the game including that 600th goal for Barca after Luis Suarez opened scoring against his former club. Liverpool dominated long stretches of the game but they failed to cash in on their chances especially early in the second half. The return leg at Anfield is set for next Tuesday. To basketball and the Portland Trailblazers have leveled their second round NBA playoff series against the Denver Nuggets by taking Game 2 on the road. CJ McCollum scored 20 points for the Blazers in a 97-90 win. The visitors jumped out to a 15-point halftime lead and they held on despite being outscored in the last two quarters. Game 3 moves to Portland Saturday morning Hong Kong time. Tomorrow, it's the Philadelphia 76ers at home against the Toronto Raptors in Game 3. The Raptors look to bounce back after their five-game win streak ended with defeating Game 2. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich expects Toronto to respond with a new game plan. Adjustments are made in every game, and, and certainly adjustments are made in-game. And the 76ers responded and played a really different type of attack to the uh, Raptors in that game, too, and got them the victory. Uh, Kawhi Leonard had another big game, but you're going to need more contributions. On the ice, the Carolina Hurricanes are one win away from reaching the NHL's Eastern Conference Final. They beat the New York Islanders 5-2 to take a commanding 3-0 lead in the best-of-seven series. 35-year-old Curtis McElhaney stopped 28 shots in the win, while his teammate Toivo Teravainen scored twice. The Canes can wrap up the series at home Saturday morning Hong Kong time. In the West, the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues are all square after the Stars won 4-2 in Game 4. And finally, in snooker, the semi-final lineup of the World Championship in Sheffield is complete after Scotland's four-time champion John Higgins claimed a 13-10 victory over Australia's Neil Robertson. Higgins now plays England's David Gilbert, who got past Kyron Wilson 13-8. The other semi-final is an all-English affair between Gary Wilson and Judd Trump. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A local activist says he cannot understand why he is being prosecuted for holding a protest at Japan's Yasukuni Shrine. Former CIA officer is facing life in prison after pleading guilty to spying for China. And the British Defence Secretary Gavin Williamson has been sacked over a sensitive leak concerning Huawei. News from RTHK.
Calling. 